Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Who Day Talk. Braden Rujay here. Uh, today we're going to discuss the game. We're going to discuss some uh, quarterback prospects, and that's what we got today, guys. Uh, what do you think, Braden? What do you think about the game? Uh, Bengals only lost by eight, twenty-six to eighteen. Don't let that score fool you. The yeah. Bengals were dominated the whole time. The only reason they got that close was because. Browns went really conservative. Then once they realized, okay, it's kind of a game, they went back to being aggressive and put us out of it. Uh, I'll start with the offense. Uh, the Browns were loading the box there, making Driscoll throw. And early in the game, Driscoll did not respond well. He was starting to look a bit like last week. He just couldn't make the downfield throw. But we weren't even calling it that much. They're kind of throwing, calling, excuse me, dinking dunks and. There, it was hard for Mixon to get going with that many people in the box. Uh, I thought the left side of the line played, played pretty well. Uh, Cordy Glenn and Clint Bowling, they played really well, I thought. I didn't see Cordy Glenn really give up a pressure. Maybe one. Clint Bowling, pretty sure, kept Driscoll clean. Uh, Billy Price, uh, he had some mistakes, but a lot of the mistakes that were up the middle were mostly Alex Redman. Like, there was a time where somebody came in untouched through the line. Uh, a lot of people were quick to jump on Billy Price, but once you saw the replay, uh, Alex Redman was supposed to pick him up. And there's another time where it looked like Gio was supposed to pick somebody up through the middle while Price picked somebody up. Uh, but talking about Redman, Redman played horrible again. I mean, it's hard competition, but at this point, it's kind of a joke that he's starting over Westerman. Yeah, I Bobby Hart. agree. And Bobby Hart was Bobby Hart. He did just as bad as I expected. There was gave up a sack. Uh, Mixon, there was a pitch play where Mixon had an opportunity for a big run, but Bobby Hart got destroyed, couldn't get the blocks instead of what could have been a 15, 20-yard run turned to maybe a five-yard run. Speaking of Mixon, as we all expected, he did get to the 1,000 yards today, which is awesome. I'm really happy for Mixon. He's only, he's getting, only a good player on our offense right now. He really is. And I'm happy for him. He didn't get a, a lot of hope today. It, was, it looked a lot like last year where there's many times it felt like a zero-yard run felt like a 20-yard run just because of how bad the offensive line was. And the Browns were scheming smart. They kind of loaded up that left side so we were forced to run to the right side. And they knew their defensive lineman could beat Bobby Harden and Alex Redman. So that's where we were stuck. Yeah, there's a lot of nine and even 10, ten men boxes on Joe Mixon that whole game. And our, our offensive line can't handle that. And I mean, they made Driscoll throw and it worked for him. Uh, the defense played pretty well early on, in my opinion. I mean, I think it was 0 0 at the end of the first quarter. Uh, yep. I mean, I don't know if the defense, like, I don't think the defense is the issue. I mean, yes, we gave up, what, 20, 20 something points, but I, I, I find it hard. I mean, yes, they played badly, but, I mean, that Browns offense, I mean, they're a good offense now, and they're tricky. They have Freddie Kitchens out there calling plays, and he's no he's no schmuck. Uh, I mean, Jarvis Landry obviously had that uh, really nice pass, and, I mean, there's not much you can do about that. You're going to get tricked on something like that, but I, I don't think our defense played all that bad. I mean, yes, Perfect played bad. I mean, he had his – I mean, but it's nothing different from the rest of the year is what I'm trying to say. And, I mean, Drake or Patrick, he did play poorly today, and that was kind of a change. I mean, I thought Dre's been playing pretty well lately. Uh, he only played a quarter and a half. He got hurt yeah, midway he did. through the season. Uh, and then er, – sorry, excuse me. Darquise Denard didn't have his best game either. I mean, his ball skills are – I mean, 
they just they're not very good. I mean, that's I mean, it's kind of who he is. You don't really. I mean, I think that's why he's not going to be an outside corner in the future. Um, that's the one thing that holds him back. He has the speed. He has he has a lot of tools, but he just doesn't have those ball skills. Yeah, uh, William Jackson, I thought played very well. He allowed one catch on one on it was about thirteen yards. It wasn't even a first down. It was just one of those situations where it was a perfect throw and catch. Nothing he could have done. Yeah, I mean he's. I mean, he's probably him and Bates are the only contributing uh, players in the back seven. So, yeah, and and Williams, Williams is very inconsistent. That's kind of been what I've been seeing throughout the year. And today, he had one of his bad days. I thought got beat a couple times in coverage, missed a couple tackles. Not, and that's a kind of my problem with Williams and why the Bengals won't start Western man. Like Williams is some very inconsistent. You don't always know what you're getting with him. He might come out and play like he did against Week Two against the Ravens, or he just might completely crap out. He's he's very inconsistent. So so I kind of get mad when they'll give the Bengals like, oh no, Westerman's too inconsistent. We don't know what we're getting, but they're completely fine going with Williams. Williams. Oh, Sean Williams. Sorry. Okay. I, I was I kind of lost you there for a little bit, um, but um, yeah, I mean, I, I tend to agree with what you're saying. Uh, but I mean, other than that, there's not really much to talk about with the game today. I mean, it is what it is. You kind of knew it was going to happen. Browns yeah. dominated us the whole game. Uh, let's take, let's get rid, get rid of the depressing stuff. We can move on to some draft prospects. What do you think? Yep. Sounds good to me. All right. Uh, let's start off with uh, Kyler Murray. What do you think about Kyler Murray? I, I didn't really get to see too much of him. Because there wasn't really any film available, but I mean, from what I did see, I mean, he's he's probably a first round grade for me. I, I liked him a lot. Very mobile, very accurate guy. Has a very good arm. What did you think? Yeah, I agree. Uh, though he, if you just look at his highlights and such, he looks like a running quarterback. But no, he's a pass first quarterback. Uh, he stays in the pocket. He's very good about it. For as mobile as he is, it's kind of surprising. Uh, when he is scrambling, he does a really good job of keeping his eyes downfield. He can throw on the run, and he gets out of trouble. Like, you think he's about to get sacked, but next thing you know, he gets out of it. And he won the Heisman for a reason. And I just think the big knockoff with him is going to be his size, which is understandable considering he's only 5'10". But... He might be 5'9". I, I tend to think he's shorter than 5'10". I think he might be 5'9". Yeah, but that's going to – that's the big knockoff. And while – I don't – it's it's hard because that frame when you're a quarterback, that can be – that's not always the best thing. I mean, it's do. doable, but, like, it's – It's doable. It's risky it's, now. It's very risky, and he's a guy that – I don't know if I would be comfortable with the, with the Bengals drafting him, like, the first round. I mean, I, I would consider it, obviously. I mean, he's a great quarterback. But, I mean – I think he's Russell Wilson. I'm thinking – yeah, I like that comp a little bit. Uh, I think – I just think Russell Wilson is a little more uh, – what's the word? He creates he creates his own plays a little bit more than Kyler Murray. And Kyler, not, that's no knock on Kyler Murray. I think, just think Russell Wilson is a great quarterback. He's a top-five quarterback in the NFL right now. But when I look at Kyler Murray, I don't think he fits what we do very, very well. I mean, we don't have that great of an offensive line. And, yes, he can run around, but it only takes one hit. Like, for a quarterback like Kyler Murray, I mean, one, ki- one hit can derail a whole career. I mean, RG3, Teddy Bridgewater – both more slender guys, kind of like what Kyler Murray is. Both their careers were not completely derailed, but, I mean, RG3 went from a 
rookie of the year sensation to a third string and Teddy Bridgewater hasn't played a meaningful snap in two, two and a half years. Yeah. That's why I'm so not sold on Lamar Jackson. I was actually talking to Ravens fan page on Instagram and he told me I, as of right now, yes, Lamar is very good, but if he keeps up this playing style, I don't think he's your future because he's going to get hurt. Yep. I agree. Lamar has a very slim frame. So yeah, that's where I'm going. At. Yeah, I tend to agree. Uh, next up, we got Justin Herbert out of Oregon. Um, overall, I mean, he's going to be my QB1 if he declares, even above Kyler. He has the size. He has the tools. He has the arm. His footwork does need some work, but it's not terrible. He goes through progressions very well. Great arm strength and great zip. And zip is probably the one of the more important things I look at because zip is what allows you to throw into tight windows. It, I mean, it, it's so important. It's so overlooked among the scouting community, but it's it's one of the more important things. And it's not just having a great arm because sometimes you can have a great – having a great arm, people think, okay, well, he can make all the throws. Well, in my opinion, I don't really think that's what a great arm means. I think a great arm is, yes, you can make all the throws, but you can also do what you want with the ball. It's kind of like if you're a baseball pitcher, you can – okay, yeah, you can get it over the plate, but can you throw a curveball? Can you throw a slider? Can you throw it harder? Can you throw it slower when you need to? And I think he has that. Uh, he's a very, he's pretty mobile, uh, but he's mainly a pocket passer. Deep ball isn't that great, but his intermediate ball is very, very, very good. It's probably his best uh, depth at throwing. But I don't even know what I'm saying. Sorry. He's best at throwing intermediate balls than short and deep balls. Um, great mechanics, but occasionally he can throw off his back foot. Uh, great throwing motion, arm is pretty much right over the right over the shoulder. Um, I mean, under pressure, he's iffy, but he's pretty good at evading it. And, I mean, overall, he's just a very accurate thrower, and I, I like him a lot. Uh, right now, I have a mid to late first round grade on him. I have an early first just because of his potentials. When grading and kind of putting quarterbacks, like giving them grades, it's always difficult because we talked about this a couple weeks ago. It's not always about where they are now. It's kind of a mixture of where they are now, where they can be, and so such. So, if I'm a team, I would take him in their early first. And my biggest knock with him is I think his deep ball issues can be fixed over time. I, for me, I think it was just kind of when his footwork got a little messy, yeah. and and then that would kind of cause his what's the word I'm looking for? His motion just to kind of get screwed it's really up. Really erratic when his footwork gets messed up. Yeah, and I think that's something that is fixed over time because he can do it. It's, that's just a matter of playing time, in my opinion. Yeah, I definitely agree with you there. Uh, I mean, his ceiling is so high. And, like, I'm just going to retouch on what you said. When I say he has a mid to late first-round grade, I, that's where I put the value on him. That's not where I'm saying I think he's going to go. I think if he declares, he's going to be a top-three pick. But for me, when I'm, when I'm grading someone, it's just based off the talent based off the ceiling, based off the floor, based on what he is now and what I project him to be in the future, not really as where he's going to go. So when you hear the rest of my grades for today, and even when you rewatch the old episodes, just know that it's not what I think he's going to end up, not where the teams are going to draft him, but what I think he's worth. I think he should declare just because, though I think he's a great quarterback, unless of Jake Fromm completely does horrible next year. I think Fromm will be quarterback one, and while Haskins does have a lot of upside – I think a lot of scouts will see Herbert as QB1. So I think he should declare he could be a top three pick. I don't see him being a top three pick next year if he doesn't declare. I think he'll be, he would still be a top three pick next year just because this year is such a 
Q, it's such a poor QB class, and I think next year we're going to see more of these Tom Brady, uh, Drew Brees, Ben Roethlisberger, Eli Manning starting to retire. And I think there's going to be a lot more QB or QB starting QB spots open up. So I think, I mean, either way, I think he's going to be a top three pick. But when you stay another year, you're going to be risking injury and you're risking a poor season, and there's a lot you're risking. So if I was him, I would declare uh, just because, I mean, to be honest, this class sucks, and he's he'd be the diamond in the rough in this class. And I I don't really see him dropping anywhere past the top three. And he, I mean, he's he's probably going to end up being the number one overall pick if he declares. Yeah, maybe number two. Depends – I think the Giants is a perfect fit for him. That's kind of been what Twitter's been saying through all the year. Oh, they need Herbert. Well, I completely agree. Yeah, I agree. I think Herbert would be a great fit for him. I I think if there's one quarterback in this draft, I think he'd get by with Marvin or Hewitt. Coach, I think it's Justin Herbert. Yeah, well, I'm going to get back to that. I think there's two quarterbacks in this draft that would be able to get by with uh, Marvin or Hugh Jackson as his, court, as his coach. But um, we'll get back to that later. But, yeah, I mean, he's overall great prospect. Uh, I'm going to go back on that Fromm comment you made. I, I, li- I love Jake Fromm coming into the year. Uh, I didn't really do any deep tape on him until probably around two or three months ago. And uh, I was kind of unimpressed. I mean, he's kind of more of a game manager than an elite quarterback pros- prospect for me now. Um, he did improve a lot this year, and he is going to be in the running for my quarterback one next year, but he's not the slam dunk uh, quarterback prospect that one thought he was. Uh, I, I was really impressed by his Alabama tape, but that's really not important. Yeah, we can now. talk he about that next season. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, next up, we're going to – do you want to talk about Brett Ripien? Uh, I'll let you talk about that. I didn't get a great – I didn't get enough film in due to – I had finals this week, guys – and that kind of screwed up my schedule, so I didn't get a ton of film in on him. So I'll let you take over and kind of just fill in what I saw. So Brett Ripien, guys, this is the guy I was talking about when I was talking about only two quarterbacks being able to surpass the shackles of Hugh Jackson and Marvin Lewis. Uh, he's he's unbelievable. I mean, his deep ball is a thing of beauty. He has a great arm. Uh, I mean, he's calm and cool under pressure, very accurate passer at any depth. Great footwork and mechanics, great decision making. Uh, he's very his reads and his uh, progressions are very very good. However, he didn't really have that much experience in them, and occasionally he did rush through them, and that kind of led to more poor uh, decisions on that second and third and fourth read. But that's something that's very fixable. I mean, it's not anything that's huge at all. Uh, he leads his receivers on very well. Uh, has experience taking the ball under center. Uh, I mean. Like I said, great footwork and mechanics. Um, I mean, obviously, I'm. I think this goes without uh, saying, but when I say there is, he's very good under pressure. I mean, there's obviously gonna be a slight drop off. I mean, no one, no quarterback is really better under pressure. I mean, very few. But I mean, there's a very slight drop off under pressure, which is a good thing, not a bad thing at all. And I mean, his main his main weakness for me is he doesn't really utilize his arm strength for the zip, like I was talking about earlier. But he does it at times, and I, I saw one throw. It was probably thirty yard throw to a uh, it was a post route to a I want to say it was a tight end in a slot or maybe to his right. It d- doesn't really matter, but it was on a post route, probably thirty yards, thirty yard throw, and it it was a frozen rope, guys. And I'm it was probably that throw specifically, not his arm strength overall. That throw specifically was Patrick Mahomes, like. 
And I'm not comparing him to Patrick Mahomes. He's nowhere near the level of prospect Patrick Mahomes was. But that specific throw, I mean, that's the potential I see with him on strength-wise. Oh, so you, I'm going to take that you kind of like him. Yeah, I, I like him a lot. He, right now he's, he's a high second-run uh, grade for me right now, and that puts him – him and Haskins are tied for my QB2 right now uh, with Herbert being number one. And if Kyler declares, he would be – Kyler would be quarterback two, and he would have a late first-round grade. But assuming Kyler doesn't declare and assuming, assuming Herbert does declare, it would be Herbert and then Haskins and Ripien would be tied at uh, quarterback two. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm going to need to do more on Rippy. And I just he was when I did my scouting, he was the last guy on my list. I got through everybody else and kind of ran out of time. Watched the game, and next thing you know, we're recording. Yeah, yeah. I'll, but I I agree with you saying I didn't get a great sample size, but yeah, he's really good under pressure. Doesn't let it get to him really. Yeah, he's very inconsistent with his zip, but just again, that comes with experience. He just has to get it down. So that's what I – I agree with you. There's two other things I didn't like about him. I forgot about them. Sorry, they're kind of at the bottom of my uh, cons list. But he did, He does take a little bit too many too many, or too many sacks. And he does – I mean, at times he can he can struggle with comeback routes. And I probably saw this four or five times. And I don't know what it is about it. I couldn't tell you why. But for some reason he's just – he cannot hit a comeback, comeback route to save his life. But, I mean, that's not a huge issue. It's just one specific route. Everything else he's great with. And I forgot to mention his mobility. His, his mobility isn't – he's obviously not a Kyler Murray. He's obviously not, not a two-attack – I don't even know how to say his last name still. It's been all year. I still can't figure out how to say it. But, I mean, his, his mobility isn't elite, but, I mean, it's serviceable. I'd say it's somewhere in, it's a little bit better than Andy Dalton's mobility. But um, other than that, yeah, I mean, he's great prospect. Uh, he's kind of been the sleeper of the, this draft, but I like him a lot. Um, what quarterback prospects do you want to talk about next, Braden? Uh, we can talk about Drew Locke. All right, I'll let you go. Let's start on that. All right, uh, Locke. Uh, Locke, uh, a lot of people on social media have mixed feelings about him. Uh, I think he has a really good arm, but I think he's just generally met. He's just a met player. I think he's just inaccurate. Uh, it's not really something you can fix. He's sometimes going to hit the throw. He's sometimes going to miss. <laughs> If he can learn consistency with it, which I don't know how he can, just because I don't really see anything in his form that he can fix to do so. Uh, I think he does a good job reading through his progressions. Uh, I would like to see him kind of climb up the pocket a little better. And yeah, I, just, I definitely agree with that. He's just inconsistent. You just don't know what you're getting with him. He might – come up, he might be on fire. He might make every throw, then he might miss a wide-open guy. Yeah, he reminded me a little bit of Blake Bortles in that inconsistency department. But, uh, yeah, when I, I disagree with you on his arm. I think he has a good arm, but I think it's very overhyped. I mean, I've been talk- I've talked to some of my draft scout friends uh, on social media, and, I mean, a lot of them think his arm is great, and he his arm is Josh Allen-like, and I, I don't see it at all. Uh, he doesn't use He doesn't use that zip at all, like I was explaining earlier. Uh, long throwing motion. He, he can make all the throws, but he doesn't have the power. He doesn't reach back and launch it sometimes. He just floats it in there. And that's something that I don't like at all. Footwork needs some work. It's not terrible. It's not great. Uh, and under pressure, that he was a weird he was a weird study. Generally, he's okay with progressions, and he didn't do them too much, but when he did them, he was good with them. But when he was under pressure, I did notice that when he was on his first read and he felt some pressure and he was under some dire- or de- duress, uh, 
he he was very good under pressure when he was on that first read. But after that first read, on that second and third read, when there was pressure coming in, he did freaked out, led to bad decisions, led to a lot of interceptions and uh, just poor poor passes. Um, other than that, though, I mean, he has a very inter- very accurate intermediate ball. Um, but another thing I did notice, I don't know if you noticed this too, uh, he didn't really have a lot of arc in some of those play or in some of those passes that he really should have had more arc. And it led to a lot of like batted down passes and hidden linemen in the head and a lot of that. Did you see that? Yeah, I did. Yeah, that was definitely something I I think that's not a huge issue, but it's just something to I mean, it's something to notice. Uh, he was greatly improved from last year. And this is something that I mean, last year, I don't even know if I'd consider him a day three prospect. He was very bad last year. And this year, he's gotten a lot, a lot better. And that's something I, I'd like to see. I'd like to see growth. I like that. I mean, that. That's an indication of potential and an indication of a high ceiling. So I do think he has a fairly high ceiling. He's very mobile. Well, not very mobile, but mobile enough. And he does have a fumbling issue. I probably saw three or four fumbles in the span of four games. And, I mean, he he's not really one of those guys that you can look at him and say, okay, this is what I'm going to get. He's going to be a – he's going to pretty much be a lottery ticket. I mean, you don't really know what you're going to get. And because of that, I'm probably going to have a – late two early three on him uh i mean he's just he's too he's too sketchy of a prospect for me yeah and i think sometimes when he just went when he misses those throws, i feel like he and i think some of his best throws not like arm strength i guess i just say his farthest throws are him kind of forcing the ball just trying to throw as hard as he can or something like that i i did see that sometimes and that led to some inaccurate throws yeah. It throws yeah, off yeah. his mechanics, too. I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah, for me, I mean, he's going to go in the first round because there's going to be at least that one team that's like, you know what, I can coach this. He has a high ceiling. I like him. So he's going to go first. But if I'm a GM and I need a quarterback, I, I'm i just not confident he can be that guy. Yeah, I'd definitely go a different way if Drew Locke is – if I'm at the end of the first round, Drew Locke is one of the quarterbacks on the board. I'd definitely prefer Ripien or – I mean, Will Greyer and Dwayne Haskins and Justin Herbert over him. I'm not sure if I'd prefer Daniel Jones just because he's kind of a more more of a risky prospect. Not risky, but not as much of a ceiling as uh, Drew Locke. So I probably would prefer Drew Locke over Daniel Jones, but I don't know. I feel like with Jones, like, you know what you're getting. And if you and this all depends on the coach, but if it's a good coach, yeah, I don't you know what he's dealing with. Like, if you're, if you're on a quarterback-reliant team, like, if you're a team like, I mean – the Colts, like pretend the Colts don't have Andrew Luck. You're not drafting Daniel Jones. You're drafting Drew Luck. But if you're on a team like, what's a good example? Like the Redskins, or no, let's go with the Redskins. You're not. You'd be more comfortable with Daniel Jones because he's just more of a safer prospect. You're not very. You're run first offense. You're. I mean, you're very QB, uh, non QB reliant. So it just depends on the team, obviously. But I, I'd probably prefer Drew Luck a little bit over Easton Stick for or not Easton Stick. Sorry, I'm getting. Head of myself, Drew Locke over uh, Daniel Jones for the Bengals. Yeah, and though I don't want Drew Locke at all. Yeah, neither do I. Yeah, so uh, who do we have left? Easton Stick? You got Easton Stick, and I believe that is it. All right, so what do you think of Stick? I think he's a great thrower, uh, great arm, very raw, though. I mean, his deep ball can be great. There's times where he overthrows it and he underthrows it, and he's just not very consistent with it. But, I mean, there's times where you just – it's a wow ball. It's like, whoa, how did he throw that? I mean, <clears throat> when I first started watching him, I forget what game it was. 
But, I mean, he looked a lot like Brett Favre on a few plays. I'm not making that comp at all. But, I mean, especially when he rolls to the right, I mean, he he's deadly. Um, he's very mobile, probably right up there with Daniel Jones, the more mobile or the most more mobile quarterback in this draft. Um, great runner, experience under center and in shotgun. Very good under pressure for the most part. Cool and calm. Footwork and mechanics are fairly good. Uh, he has an elite arm, as I said earlier. His deep ball can be very great. And I, I think I understated he's understated his uh, deep ball a little bit earlier. It's not as inconsistent as I, I made it sound earlier. I mean, 70% of the time, it's a good throw. Um, but he does have a little bit of inconsistency with it. But that's not an issue at all. I mean, you're going to you're gonna see that with a lot of quarterbacks. Um, <clears throat> he, he does overthrow those shorter intermediate balls, like in that seven to 15 yard range but anywhere anywhere from 15 out very accurate very very accurate um his ability to read a defense is pretty questionable i mean you don't really see him pick apart a defense but i mean he he has all the talent in the world he has all the tools i mean he's he's a very good player uh he's good with progressions but not like a ton of experience with them i mean he when he did go through them like when he was on that third second and third and fourth read he did okay, but he's obviously better with that first read. Um, but the good thing about him is when he, he's under pressure, those progressions don't when he when he's going through those progressions, it doesn't drop off in that second and third and fourth progression like we've seen other quarterbacks do. But he's he's a weird he's a weird study. I mean, I would probably take him in the second or third round. I like him a lot. Uh, I have a third round. I have an early third third round grade on him right now. Um, I don't know. What did you have on him? I think he's a guy who, I, when you bring up his progressions, I think he's he sometimes got away with just his talent. He's able to maybe not go through them, but that's something that kind of concerns me because he won't be able just to get away with that. But I think he does have a very good arm. He makes a lot of wowing plays, but he's kind of a wild card for me. I Just somebody, I have a late second, early third on him. I think – He'll go around there. I think I think he can be a really good quarterback, but I personally I don't see him being a franchise guy. I mean, I think he has the potential to be one. I mean, he's going to be one of those guys that he could be a late riser. Uh, we saw that happen with Carson Wentz. Obviously, they're from the same school. I'm not comparing to him at all. Carson Wentz was a a very 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 good quarterback prospect. I don't know if Easton Sick is there yet, but I do think he can be. I think he can be a. At, at worst, he's going to be a guy that's going to be a bottom-tier starter in the league with high, high potential. Um, I mean, I don't really – I don't think he's all that bad. Uh, I think it's just – it's hard with these guys that are from D2 school – or not D2 school, I think he's FCS, but from these smaller schools, from these lower divisions, to kind of judge their talent and how much of it is really the, their level of competition and how much of it is, okay, they're actually good. Yeah, but uh, other than that, guys, uh, next week we are going to be taking a little break for the Christmas season on the draft prospects. We are still going to have a podcast. We're going to talk about uh, the season finale. Um, we're going to talk about. We're going to have some stuff for you guys. We're going to have some stuff planned. Uh, we're going to keep it a little bit of a secret until later on in the week. You can check us out on social media, Bengals underscore NFL for Braden on Instagram and Bengals on Twitter for me. Jay, and uh, for that, all we got this week, guys. Thank you for listening. Uh, Who day? Who day?